But I'm going to just go ahead and invite uh, Jay Schiffman up to share his story. So let's give it up for Jay. Welcome to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. I am your host, Jay Schiffman. Sometimes in the morning when shadows are deep, I lie here beside you just watching you sleep. And sometimes I whisper what I'm thinking of. My cup runneth over with love. Welcome back to the Choose Your Struggle podcast. This is your host, Jay Schiffman. First thing I want to say right off the bat is I, I know you're wondering why, <laughs> what was that song on your way in? That song was My Cup Runneth Over by Ed Ames. If you know that, <laughs> props to you for having a re- interesting taste in music. Here's the thing. That song was my grandfather's song. He was that type of person. <laughs> that song Imagine someone living out that song and you would <laughs> you would know my grandfather. Why am I saying that? Uh, this week is the one year anniversary of his passing. And, uh, you know, it's still hard. He was our rock. He was our patriarch. And uh, so to commemorate him, I wanted to play that and to dedicate this episode to him. This episode is about vulnerability. It's not often that my episodes have a theme, but that is it. You'll hear that with Gabe. You'll hear that with Tessa. I wish I could have played all of it from both of them. But that episode, that episode would be about two hours long. Uh, They were both so giving of their time and I really appreciate it. So to fit into the confines of the time limit that I want for this podcast, I had to cut both of them down and you'll still hear it. I mean, both of them were so giving of themselves and, and open So I hope you take that away. I hope you hear that. And if nothing else, I hope you, I hope you hear what Tessa has to say about what it is like for the Asian community right now in this country and how hard it is for her to see both the Republicans and the Democrats sort of fighting over who can be more anti-Asian I mean, like, I just, I can't say it better than she did, obviously. And um, I hope you take that message away. It's, it was tough. Uh, it was, it, it was a t- tough conversation. Uh, and I feel for her and I feel for the entire Asian community. So um, keep reaching out. You can find me at my website, www.jayshifman.com. Facebook and LinkedIn is Jay Schiffman. Instagram, The Next Schiffman. Twitter, JB Schiffman. Yeah, keep reaching out. You'll you'll probably find yourself on here. I've got a lot of amazing people coming up, as I always say, because it's true. And a lot of them reach out. 
which is incredible. Even more than that, no, not more than that, but in addition to that, keep reaching out for the bracelets. They're still flying out the door, and that's awesome. That makes me super happy. And just reach out if you need someone to talk to. This is a tough time, not just for, like, no matter who you are, it's a tough time. And, um, you know, keep spreading that love. Stick around after the episode for the Good Egg and the Choose Your Card, which are coming. Enjoy the interviews, and I will talk to you at the end of the episode. I think for me personally, uh, I think mental health is, is sort of was always give or take. Like with men, too, we put it to the side a lot, and we, do, we don't really uh, talk about like the things that we're going through, and we don't really open up really, and that um, – can't last long before you just like it 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 becomes a problem a bigger issue and so um i'm thankful uh especially this year and the last couple of years to be with someone like uh, my, my relationship with lily um we've been together for two years and through that she sort of helped me kind of open up about you know my struggles and i mean i, I actually ended up going to therapy uh midway through last year that was like for what, four months? And, you know, I'm not doing it now, but a lot of the, what my therapist was telling me was like, to to take time for yourself and just kind of, you know, sit and be with yourself and kind of like, instead of just ignoring things that are going on, kind of just like acknowledging what you're going through. Um, it's because it's like, it's difficult to just like necessarily talk about um, mental health like openly, but I'm thankful that I can. So yeah, you can find me at MGK DSGN for design stuff. And then my regular is uh, Where is Gabe? All right, so I know you've heard me talk about Mountain Made before, but today I want to tell you a little bit about their actual product system. The first is Build. Build is a 50 milligram CBD tablet that saturates your system. The second is Boost. Boost is a 10 milligram CBD chewable with electrolytes and it helps titrate your CBD levels throughout the day. The third is Recover. You take it at the end of the day, and it's a 25 milligram CBD chewable with magnolia, and it helps maximize your rest and recovery. But here's the thing. I don't just talk about it. I actually use it. Boost is my favorite. I take a couple throughout the day, and it really leaves me feeling pretty great. So if you add that all together, that's 105 milligrams of CBD every day. And it's at an affordable price, too. All of those products are THC-free, and they ship nationwide. With three easy ways to pay, you can order your CBD today and become a part of the Mountain Made community just like that. So activate your lifestyle today and go like hell. But don't just take my word for it. With over 25 athletes, lifestyle enthusiasts, clinicians, physicians, all amazing people backing them, their product lines are continuing to prove themselves as the real deal. So you can find out more at www.mountainmade.life or check them out on social media at MNT Made. All right, back to the episode. Hey, y'all. Thank you to everyone who continues to reach out, especially those who have requested bracelets. They're going super fast, and I love it. As a reminder, for those of you who have not yet, I'm giving away free Choose Your Struggle bracelets to anyone who reaches out through my website. It's that easy. www.jayshifman.com. Go to the Contact Me page. and. Reach out and tell me your address. Tell me that you heard this ad on the podcast. And tell me if you want a purple bracelet for addiction awareness or a green bracelet for mental health awareness. That's all you have to do. It's that easy. 
and keep reaching out because you may end up on the podcast. All right, back to the episode. Um, yeah, so Opal is um, a grassroots feminist organization for Asians, Asian Americans, and Pacific Islanders in Ohio. Um, we're basically trying to build collective power that is rooted in social justice values, and uh, we're building community, we're building political consciousness, trying to elevate our voices, visibility, and leadership in this interesting state. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been very involved since fall of 2018. It was started by a group of people in Columbus back in like 2016, 2017. And then one of the founders moved away, moved out of Ohio in 2018. And that's when I yeah, decided to step up and take a bigger role. So it's been very transformative for me. I can imagine, obviously tell me if I'm wrong, that this has been a really tough time for that sort of work not just with the president's, the, the current state of politics, but also this coronavirus and what we've seen in a rise of uh, just horrible anti-Asian sentiment and, and acts of violence and, and the like. Yeah, it's been a really tough time um, for the, we call it the AAPI community, um, Asian, Asian American and Pacific Islander. Um, so, you know, it's something that is, is affecting much more than just people of Chinese descent. And I'm surprised how much anxiety that I've felt personally about the issue, how I get scared when I'm outside and passing by people I don't know. I'm just not sure if, you know, who's gonna be the person who screams at me or attacks me, because um, I do have friends that, that has happened to. So yeah, it's been a, a difficult time. Um, but also, just weirdly, uh, there's been silver linings and opportunity for us to take some leadership and play an important role in um, fighting back against the racism and try to provide the, the support and care that our community needs. It's been really hard. And I think being involved for um, a couple of years before all of this hit, it just makes me think that this work that we've been doing, this long-term work of you know building relationships, trying to um, strengthen our community, like this is the moment that all of that was for, that we're in a place where we can collectively respond. Um, and we have some, some infrastructure set up to do that. Shout out where people can find information about you and this awesome organization. Yeah, they can find us on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Team Opal, O-P-A-W-L. And originally that, that acronym stood for Ohio Progressive Asian Women's Leadership. We pretty much just used use the, the acronym Opal and um, we're about building AAPI feminist leadership in Ohio. Um, our website will be launching soon as well www.opal.org. Is it tough because there are so few people of either Asian descent or any, anything in that community, in your community, in leadership? 
so for people listening, that's one of the ways, that's basically how you and I know each other was from doing community organizing together. Is it harder given that you're, you're kind of doing two things? You're trying to reach those already there and build up people who are not there right now and should be. Yeah, um, I would say the lack of representation and just lack of um, voice for the AAPI community is a big challenge in Ohio. Um, there's 350,000 AAPIs across the state. Um, so there's quite a lot of us and you just don't see, yeah, you don't see the political representation. Um, and we're still, I think there's a growing number of us who are trying to learn how to navigate the political world. But yeah, within Opal, we're all about organizing the community so that it's not just about one person who's running for office, but it's, you know, this collective community that's increasing its power. So I, I guess we've had varying levels of success with trying to either work with or put pressure on public officials. We haven't had that much success with Governor DeWine, but we did put out a, a sign-on letter that got a ton of support from organizations and individuals. Um, I think 29 elected officials signed on. Um, so Senator Brown, uh, who's one of our senators in Ohio, he's been very supportive. And because of the letter, he's put out multiple public statements denouncing anti-Asian hatred and doing the things that we, we asked in the letter. We've had support from state legislators, lots of different city council. Like there's just such a lack of understanding of the history, right? We don't have education about our histories in public schools. I think that's a huge part of why this wave of anti-Asian violence has been happening. The racism is not anything new. It's definitely not new in Ohio either. And I recently learned about the PAGE Act, which came before the Chinese Exclusion Act um, in the late 1800s. So before America banned all immigration from China uh, for, again, many decades. There was actually a, another act that was like exclusively targeting um, Chinese and East Asian women because people in America thought that all of us were prostitutes. Um, they just had these horrible stereotypes about the morality of people like me. <laughs> and I think some of those stereotypes obviously still exist today. But you know, the, the types of immigration policies that Donald Trump has been pushing um, and the vision that his advisors have for the immigration system in America, I, I just get really upset about the consequences of those exclusive policies. America would look really different if we hadn't excluded so many people, um, not just from China, but the Philippines, India, pretty much the entire Asian continent was affected at one point. And now, you know, there's bans on people coming over from lots of, you know, mostly Muslim majority countries. I think it was last week that Trump just signed an executive order completely banning all permanent immigration visas from being processed. So the, the things that he's doing, he's kind of following a playbook of how um, the U.S. has used their immigration policies in the past to kind of shape what they think America should look like. But yeah, there's a lot of reasons why, why things are the way they are. Those are some of them. 
Well, you, you touched on this briefly. Is it tough hearing, or I'm sure it is tough, but so Trump is, is tried to ratchet up his, uh, you know, I can be tough on China. And it sounded like for at least a couple of days, and I haven't seen anything today yet, but Biden was like trying to match him word for word of who could be tougher on China. And it's like, how, how hard is that? You know, when it, when you look at sort of these are our options and there's, you're going, where am I in there? You know what I mean? Like where, if you're both trying to be like, who can be the hardest on my community? What, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It's definitely really tough. I've been really reflecting the past couple of months on um, the importance of just people from the Chinese diaspora being part of the solution to this like pervasive anti-China rhetoric. Because um, you're right, it is coming from all sides. Like there's conservatives and progressives <laughs> who are who are saying anti-China things, and there's been articles coming out saying hating China is kind of like the unifying thing that America needs. Um, there's people pushing pushing that idea. The picture that people have in their heads of of Chinese people and Asian people being less than human. If it keeps going and it seems like it's going to get worse, it, it will have a long-term impact. There's this lack of empathy, lack of seeing the humanity in this group of people. And it's something that me, like I, I grew up in the US, I grew up in Ohio pretty much my whole life. I've internalized that, that kind of thinking as well. Like it's taken me a long time to see myself as like, you know, deeply connected to people that live in China. I also have friends who are here in the US who don't identify as American. You know, they're immigrants and they're not citizens. They're not, they might become citizens someday, but you know, some of them don't have that desire to become a citizen. And so I also see people speaking out against racism saying, we're all, we're all Americans, like, you shouldn't treat Americans this way. But, you know, that's kind of erasing the, the many <laughs> AAPIs who, who aren't American and also deserve protection from, from being attacked. It's very upsetting to see Joe Biden um, lean into just, yeah, kind of try to fight fire with fire. This talking point, I think, will be a big focus area for the presidential presidential race. I think, you know, everyone thinks they have to be tough on China because um, a lot of Americans don't have a positive view of China right now, but we need to separate our feelings towards the government versus like the feelings, our feelings towards the people that live there. So uh, there's New York Times just pushed out a notification. I'm going to read it. Trump officials pushed spy agency to hunt for evidence to back an unproven theory that a lab in Wuhan was the original origin of the coronavirus outbreak. Fantastic. <laughs> so that is, that is, yeah, timely as we're sitting here talking. So I do want to shift. They did a survey and it was something like 90% of men that they surveyed, their best friends in the world 
you know, their conversations hinged on what they called the big three, which was sports, women, and uh, I think it was music was the third one. And then if you included movies and TV and sort of other media, it went close to 100%. And it's like, no wonder, you know, we have an entire generation of men who just have no idea what to do with their emotions. If they can't even let their best friends in, you know, on, on some of the most important things in the world. So I, I've, it's been a conscious effort of mine to not do that. And to make sure that if I'm talking with someone about one of those topics, to then switch and go, mm-hmm. okay, and now, you know, let's talk about something real, something else that's going on. And it's definitely made me appreciate, one, how hard those conversations can be, but two, what can come when you do push through. And, and not everyone is always ready for it. You know, you catch some people on their heels and they're like, wait, you want to talk about what now? But it is definitely worth it if you continue to push through. That's great that you've been doing that. Um, how's that been going? <laughs> Uh, it's like, you know, it's tough. It's, it's, it's tough for me because it it takes work and, you know, sometimes you don't want to have to work at a conversation, but it's also been very fruitful in terms of, I can tell you the amount of times that, uh, someone that I care about has said, I love you to me has skyrocketed. Um, yeah, vulnerability. Uh, I agree. It's really hard, but it's very powerful and it's, I think it's like something foundational that has always been part of the culture at Opal. The first time I ever had a phone call with someone at Opal, um, you know, the other person shared that they had mental illness in their family and we like instantly bonded over having that in common. And it just kind of, yeah, it, it opened the door, made it easier for me to share I, d- I do try to do that as much as I as much as possible, you know, making the first move, sharing something personal that we don't things we don't talk about, you know, in everyday small talk as just, yeah, an important relationship, trust building thing. I think it, it is really hard for for guys, especially, you know, straight cisgender guys to do that. It's kind of a survival thing that I've noticed there's a reason why a lot of guys don't share personal things because then you get it you get bullied or teased or um shunned or whatever and I've also heard that guys even if they're not telling their best friends personal things about their lives a lot of times they are telling their partner about those things so I think the partners often take on a lot of like emotional labor just to it's, it takes a lot of yeah, mental energy to be there for someone as they're sharing like tough things they're, they're experiencing. So yeah, at least in like heterosexual relationships, I think often the women are just, they're building this skill their entire life of like learning how to listen to someone in a moment of vulnerability. And they're, yeah, kind of able to, to be there. And like in, in male relationships, they're just, that skill hasn't been practiced as much. So it can be really uncomfortable to hear someone opening up. 
to know what to say, to know what to do. But that's not just, I mean, yes, a hundred percent, but that part at least isn't also just men. I mean, you and I are both uh, alumni of the Cincy Stories project. Um, yes. And we both not only are alumni, but we both were two of Sean's hardest people to convince to do it. And I know that because I also tried to convince you to tell your story. Um, <laughs> it, and, it, and it took a while, right? I mean, it took you... Uh, a while to come to sort of deciding to do it. And you know, my, I joke about it now, but Sean had to ask me four times before I accepted. I, when I, when I look back and like think about what led me to, to agree to share my story, I do think it was like that phone call with, with someone from Opal who like talked about the mental illness in her family. And like, that was the first time, I think that must have happened pretty close to when I decided to do the Cincy Stories talk, because that was the first time that I had ever heard anyone talk about, you know, having a family member with mental illness and saying it as though it was like something that they weren't ashamed about. Yeah, I think that one conversation just had a big impact on me. And then when I decided to do Cincy Stories, that experience of telling my story, it was like a domino effect. And it's just been kind of continuing since then. Just the more you lean into telling your story, like the easier it becomes. And then you start to impact other people who hear it. So I don't know if it was like not wanting to burden other people, but for me, it's more, it was more like I always grew up um, hearing that like things that happen inside the family are just like you shouldn't put it out in the world you should just keep it secret there's that there's that uh, a line from the godfather I think of because my family is very similar not in a oppressive way but it's like you never go against the family Michael that's a positive in a lot of ways family over everything and we're all very very close but there is sort of some of that you know keep it in mentality as well and that 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 can weigh on you in ways I think that you're not even aware of when it's like oh I can't talk about this because you know it's it's a family matter and I'm very cognizant of your your time but I can't let us finish without mentioning one quick story that definitely I want I want to tell this just so it can be on the on this podcast um I don't remember the context like whatsoever but I do remember you and I had lunch and this would have been, I don't know, maybe five years ago, four years ago, something like that. You were still running the Chinese chamber at the time and we were sitting outside and I had just gotten through a, like a really shitty depression period. So this must've been probably like 2016 because I was turning 30 and I was just having a bad time and I, I hated the job I worked at. And I was, you were asking me about, you know, living with depression and, and I said, you know, I've gotten really good at, at hiding it on the days that I'm having really bad days. And you looked me right in the eye and you said, well, you don't have to hide it from me. And it was like, my world collapsed. I, I'm amazed I didn't just literally turn into a puddle of tears <laughs> at that moment. It was a very sweet thing that you said, and I think of it always. And I appreciate that about you 
And I'm hopeful that there are other people in your life that you are having that sort of impact on as well. Damn. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. I, I don't even remember saying that to you. <laughs> but, um. but see, that's proof. And I say this all the time that you never, so this is one of the reasons I do a lot of the little things that I do, you know, Friday coffee on Jay, the last couple of weeks, I've been messaging people on Facebook. I'm like, don't ask questions. Just tell me your favorite nonprofit and give me your email. And I've been making donations in their name and then having them send a thank you to that, that person, stuff like that. I do that because you don't know, you don't remember Like I won't remember this I don't even remember now some of the people that I've made donations for, but then a week later they call or they text or they email and they're like, this just made my week. Thank you so much. And it's like these little moments that, you know, are, are nothing to, to us. Like we don't remember them whatsoever, but they have all the impact in the world on the other people. And if you can do some of those every day, you know, I end this podcast with, um, I call it choose your card where I pull a card from this awesome organization that sends out these card packs and read it. And then I give everyone a good deed to do a good mm -hmm. egg. If you remember from Cincinnati and uh, the goal is just to shine that light on somebody else, even if just for a second, because who knows, like that comment you made that you don't even remember, you know, four or five years later, I still remember that it's deeply personal to me. So you have no idea the impact you have on other people uh, when you do even just little acts of kindness. Yeah, and it's, I mean, in the pandemic times, like that <laughs> idea that you, ha you don't know the impact that you make on other people, you know, it's so, uh, it's resonating with me a lot that we're impacting other people in so many ways and we can choose whether it's, it's good or bad but we can't forget that and we can't pretend that we're in a, in a bubble or in a vacuum and we need other people um, to survive. One self-care practice um, that my partner and I do is like, we call, we call Sundays sensual Sunday. <laughs> and we just like, we always try to make, make time on Sunday to make it an easy day, you know, make it, as relaxing and um, energy giving as possible. So we'll always kind of sleep in, um, make breakfast, um, sit around the house. Sometimes we'll, we'll do like Korean face masks together, <laughs> which I highly recommend <laughs> weekly <laughs> into your weekly routine. Actually, he started this as a way to like kind of get me on board with all of the football he was watching on Sundays. <laughs> so, and it works. That's super like, yeah, funny. I, I look forward to Sundays now. <laughs> all right. Now tell us one more time where we can find you, the organization, any, anything that you want, shout it out. Okay. You can find more about Opal um, by following us on Facebook and Instagram. It's at team Opal, O-P-A-W-L. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast and then thought, oh, man, I just, I don't even know where to begin. Well, 
I have the perfect answer for you. It's Anchor. They have all the tools you need to get started right away, all in one spot. You can do it from your phone or your computer. They'll even distribute for you, so you don't have to go looking for places to get your podcast out. But the best part is it's all free. That's right. You can sign up today without any hassle at all. You can even start making money right from the beginning. It's everything you need in a podcast in one place. So check it out today. Go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. And that's it. We're at the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed both Tessa and Gabe. I hope that you took the message, especially from Tessa's. Um, man, just think. Think before you hear either one of these two leaders talk about how China is the enemy. Think for a second. I... I not going to say that both of them no i am going to say that there's just not a lot of truth from our president and and unfortunately you know mr biden is doing everything he can to simply just stay up with him so there's not a lot of truth to most of what they're saying especially this idea that trump had for a while and as you heard tessa and i reference in the in the episode that this was like a chinese plot or something just get out of here with that bullshit look you know, I mentioned this at the top of the episode that this this week is dedicated to my grandfather, Phil. You know, that's something that I, I get from him is just no time for the bullshit. You know what I mean? He he was a very patient person, a very loving person. But he, he had this ability to kind of look at you um, <laughs> and and you would just be like, yep, OK, you know that I'm I'm blowing smoke like that's that's what's happening right now. Um, he, uh, this is such a ridiculous story, but uh, so he, he served in, in Korea and, um, when he passed, my grandmother very much wanted, you know, the, the, the funeral, the, the military funeral for him. And, and he got that obviously, um, towards the end of his life, that was a big part of his life was having served, you know, he, he got to go on an honor flight to DC, which if you're not sure what that is, look it up. It's, um, one of the most moving experiences was being at the airport in Cincinnati when he landed and saw all of us. And, you know, he, he wasn't a big crier. That wasn't him. But good Lord, they're all of us. Every single one of us was bawling, including him. But he, he got the military funeral and they, you know, did the whole the whole show of, of folding the flag that was draped over his casket and all that. And uh, we were all bawling. Uh, and it was it was very tough. But then the the leader of of the 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 troop that was doing it was a VA group and the leader came over and presented the flag to my grandmother and said on behalf of the president of the United States and we all went oh shit because neither one of them they're not hateful people my grandfather never hated a single person until Trump he hated Donald Trump for the way he treated people uh that's just the type of guy he was it wasn't any of the other any of the other stuff. No, he didn't like any of that either, but it was the way he treated people that truly offended him. And uh, when they presented the flag to my grandmother, we all laughed and she looked right at one of my family members and said, do you think they'll take it back? And then she wrote a letter afterwards to the VA and was like, you need to tell people this is on behalf of the United States, not the president. 
which is a funny story to me. I have that flag. It's on display here in my apartment. Um, my grandmother wanted it gone from the house, understandably, and obviously I was not going to let it just hit the hit a dump somewhere or something. So uh, it is on display here as a great way to remember my grandfather. Yeah, I guess you know that the message from all of that is treat people with kindness. That was what my grandfather would would want. Um, all right, we've come to the time. There are the cards. We've come to the time for choose your card. Uh, we're going with the 54 reasons why you matter pack again this week. Uh, again, this is from from Blurt. They are incredible. They don't pay me to say this. I just use their materials all the time uh, and want to give them the credit they deserve. So check out Blurt. Here's today's card. That spark of a dream within you deserves to be ignited. That spark of a dream within you deserves to be ignited. And that's again from the 54 reasons why you matter pack. So that's another reason why you matter because you have something in you that nobody else does. You know, and and that's something I learned from one of our previous guests, Kristen Devo. Go back and check out episode I want to say five. I know I reference her like every week now. Um, when I was struggling about whether to start my own businesses, uh, because I was like, you know, who am I? Right? We all have that issue. And she and I talked about that, the imposter syndrome. But I said, Who am I? Why should anyone listen to me? She said, You are an expert. You're an expert on your story. You're an expert on your work. Everyone has that. And that really meant a lot to me. And as that card said, you know, everybody has that dream in them. It's somewhere in there. You just gotta let it out. You know, you just got to figure out a way to ignite that spark and uh, let that dream free. That's your card for this week. Your good egg is very simple. Okay, it's simple in theory, but it's a little bit harder in practice. So my grandfather used to write notes. Everyone, I was on a, a Zoom call with my family last weekend to commemorate the one year anniversary of his passing. And everybody was holding up the notes that, that he had sent them. And there's a little smiley face he used to draw that. It's actually on his his tombstone, and uh, multiple people in the family are getting tattoos and all that kind of. It was it's a very special thing for us, and the the art of writing letters is pretty much gone, right? I mean, it makes sense. We have the internet. Why <laughs> why would you write a letter? But it means a lot to people when they get a letter, you know. And my wife and I, when this started, we had a bunch of cards laying around, and my wife has been painting watercolors, and we've decided to start writing letters to people with them. And people have called us and said, you know, I go to my mailbox every couple of days just to clean it out because it's all crap. And then I look in there and it's a letter from you and it means a lot. And that's kind of my theme. Um, you know, that's what Tessa and I talked about. You really have no idea the impact you have on someone. So that's your good egg for today. Do something physical for somebody, whether it's writing a letter, which is what I would recommend, or sending someone a gift. Huge shout out to one of my, you know, one of the guys I really, really cherish in my life, Vic Parker. He and I have sent each other a couple of gifts during this lockdown, but I, I'm, I have a shirt, I'm wearing it right now, of a mental health organization that he saw it, he met the dude and was like, yo, Jay would love this. And, he, and it's great. It's comfortable. It's like everything you want in a shirt and it has a great message. So thank you, Vic. Other people as well have sent things, not just, not just Vic, but I'm shouting out Vic because he's great. So do something, do something physical so that when someone opens their mailbox or hears a knock on the door, it's not just the same crap. Um, make someone stay that way. All right. I love you all. Spread some love this week in honor of Phil Cohen. And, um, you know, go listen to My Cup Runneth, runneth Over. <laughs> it's a great song and it really, it, it helps. 
It really is my grandfather. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. All right. Choose your struggle, and I'll see you all next week. Yeah.